This is Ballin' with the Bison, your home for everything you need to know about Bucknell women's basketball. Kai English, the bounce pass ahead for Ellie Max, streaking to the basket, and the righty layup is good. Seppi for Walls, a jab step inside, brings it back beyond the arc, crossover. Walls drives up with his shot, bucket good, and the foul for Marley Walls. Along the right baseline, Johnson a bounce pass into the left corner. Kai English for three, bucket good, and a foul in the process. Abby Caps steaming forward, kick to the right corner. O'Brien left wing, three, good! And now, here's your host, Joe Vasile. All right, everybody, welcome into episode number two of Ballin' with the Bison. My name is Joe Vasile. I'm the radio play-by-play voice of the Bucknell Bison women's basketball team. And it's hard to believe that the season is already a week old. Bucknell started the season 1-1, one one, a loss on Tuesday in the season opener to the University of Virginia, and then a home win against the Monmouth Hawks on Saturday at Soika Pavilion. We'll get to talking about that in just a moment. But first, of course, if you're listening to this podcast, we ask Leave it a rating, a review, share it with a friend, family member, anyone who you think might be interested. Uh, Certainly appreciate that. It's available wherever podcasts are found, and uh, I keep getting emails every day about your podcast is now available here, it's available there. Places I've never even heard of before, Um, but uh, certainly an exciting time as as we get it out there. But most of the major platforms uh, for podcasting, this can be found wherever that is that you're listening, leave it a rating, a review, uh, and just help spread the word. Uh, that's all I ask. Also, if you'd like to reach out to me at all, I, I don't know if you would. You can follow me on social media at Joe Vasile PBP on Twitter, just Joe Vasile on Instagram. And then uh, you can also shoot me an email at JVV, that's uh, V is in Victor both times, 004 at bucknell.edu. We've got a full podcast today as we'll have thoughts from Trevor Woodruff and Abby Cap about the week that was for Bucknell basketball. And we'll have an interview with Jim Reed, Bucknell assistant coach who graduated from Bucknell University back in 1985, has been coaching college basketball for the better part of almost three decades now and is in his second stint as an assistant coach here at Bucknell and was most recently uh, the head coach for the Susquehanna Riverhawks, uh, not too far from Bucknell, actually, in Sealands Grove at the Division Three level. We'll talk about his experiences, uh, both at Bucknell as a student athlete, at Bucknell as an assistant coach the first time around, and how things are, are different and how he's a different coach uh, all these years later. It's a really good one. You're going to, I would say, stick around, but this is a podcast. You're going to stick around. This isn't, uh, this isn't a radio show. Anyway. We move along and talk about the first two games of the season for Bucknell. Last Tuesday on opening night, they went down to the John Paul Jones Arena and took on the Virginia Cavaliers, and UVA won 84-60 to in that contest. However, it was a game that, personally, I feel like that 24-point margin doesn't do justice to the game that it was. If you didn't see that game and you just looked at the box score, you would look at it and say, wow, Virginia really dominated, especially when it comes to rebounds. Uh, they out-rebounded Bucknell 38-19. to However, the game was really much closer than that. And quite frankly, it was one of those things where, yeah, there, it was a 24-point deficit, but you feel like if a couple of breaks went in the way of the Bison, they might have been able to pull that one out. It, it certainly would have been a much different game in the fourth 
as it was about a, a 10 to 12 point game for most of the second half until there were about five and a half minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And that's when the University of Virginia began to pull away uh, late in that contest. But Bucknell was in some early foul trouble in the first half, and it kind of limited the Bison in the way that they were able to play defense, especially late in the second half when Virginia uh, went on its run. But overall, it was a game that if you wanted to find encouragement for Bucknell, you certainly could. Uh, They did a good job defensively for most of the game, even though Virginia shot a, a fairly good percentage. A lot of that had to do with Virginia being a very lengthy team, a very long team, a big physical athletic team, as you would expect out of the ACC. There were times where Bucknell was coming up with stops for long stretches of the game. They were forcing turnovers, and uh, and overall, I thought that they did a good job. And then on the offensive side, the Bison didn't really shoot that great of a percentage, but it didn't feel like they were taking bad shots. And that's an important thing, obviously, because... If they were just forcing shots or hoisting up bad shots and they weren't going in, that's one thing. But they were getting decent looks. They just weren't going down. Or Virginia was playing very good defense and forcing Bucknell to take maybe shots that they didn't want to take. There were a couple of shot clock violations that the Bison took in that game because of the Virginia defense. And then the rebounding battle was uh, was certainly a, a major factor in that one uh, with UVA having that 38-19 to advantage on the glass. So then you looked ahead to Saturday against the Monmouth Hawks, and, okay, Monmouth is a team projected to finish fifth in the MAC conference. Uh, they finished fourth there last year, and they're expected to be competitive. They're a little bit of a different team than last year, despite returning a lot of starters. A couple of transfers are going to be eligible this year for Monmouth. We saw them play minor roles on Saturday, but really we saw Bucknell play phenomenal defense. It it was one of the best team defensive efforts that a team has put together, especially in the second half. Overall in the game, Monmouth turned the ball over 23 times, but Bucknell held the Hawks to just 3 for 25 shooting from the floor in the second half, including a 1 for 11 mark from the floor in the fourth quarter as they rolled out to a 71-37 win. I mean, there were times where they were deep into the second half doubling up Monmouth in in terms of the score. It was uh, a very impressive effort for Bucknell, and and I think that in terms of a good bounce back game, it was exactly what Bucknell needed on Saturday coming off the loss to Virginia on Tuesday. They needed that kind of effort and Trevor Woodruff spoke to that post game. I feel good for the for the girls. I mean they uh, you know none of us were happy after Tuesday. Uh, and it, it had nothing to do with winning or losing. It was about how do we gonna play? What's our identity gonna be? Who are we gonna be? And I thought uh, tonight we made a step towards being the type of team we want, which is tough. Uh, smart together, very physical, defensive-minded, and uh, you know, I, kudos to the kids. They locked into the scout, and they did a great job. Also among Coach Woodruff's comments post-game was just talking about how well the players came out and responded. Uh, we talk about some of the deficiencies on Tuesday at Virginia in terms of rebounding, in terms of not really being able to take advantage of some of the turnovers that were being created, not being able to take advantage of some of Virginia's mistakes, and When I asked Coach Woodruff about that after the game, he basically deflected and said, hey, this was all on the players for coming out, responding, and and buying into essentially 
the game plan and putting forth. Yeah, well, I thought one thing in particular, the rebounding. We, I thought we did a reasonable job blocking out. We haven't been real good at going to get the ball. I thought tonight we pursued the rebound uh, much better than we did uh, Tuesday. Hopefully that continues. Um, but for us, there wasn't a whole lot of adjustments. I didn't think we did a lot of things the way we've tried to teach. And so we went back to the basics. Uh, again, demanded the discipline, continue to push them. And I think uh, hopefully tonight uh, provides a little bit of buy-in, a little more buy-in. I think they're bought in, but I think tonight they saw the results of the hard work and, the, and what defense can do. And on top of that, player of the game on Saturday was Abby Cap after being held scoreless against Virginia on Tuesday as she dealt with uh, foul trouble throughout the game. She came out, had 13 points on her birthday nonetheless, helping to lead the Bison to victory and uh, talked a little bit about how good it felt to get victory number one and, and more importantly about the overall team effort. I think a big part of uh, our defense uh, tonight was just knowing personnel, knowing their tendencies, not letting them get what they're used to, making them uncomfortable, and I think that doing that um, really uh, benefited us in the long run. Um, our press really worked. I think that sped them up. They couldn't really get into anything easily, and I think that that really worked for us tonight. And so Bucknell wraps up week one of the season with a 1-1 one one record, and they look ahead to week number two. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the podcast, as right now, will be joined by Bucknell assistant coach Jim Reed for a very nice conversation about his coaching past, his past as a student athlete at Bucknell, and how things have changed since his first coaching stint with the Bucknell Bison women's basketball program back in the late 90s. I was in the pre-Soika Pavilion days when the team still played up at Davis Gym, and uh, how things have changed and how excited he's been to work with this group this year. You know, it's like a real homecoming. Uh, I'm familiar with Bucknell, of course. I was a, a student here, graduated from here, uh, previous assistant for three years, which was uh, about 18 years ago, and uh, back again now as an assistant for Coach Woodruff. So it's, it's great to be back. A lot of things have changed, obviously. Uh, Soika Pavilion was not here when I was a student or when I coached here last time, so... Uh, great school academically. We have wonderful uh, facilities uh, for our athletics, and for really all of our athletics. The soccer field on the other side of the road wasn't here when I was uh, uh, back then. So it's, it's wonderful to be back. And, uh, you know, Bucknell's just gotten uh, better and better. You were a, a student athlete at your time here at Bucknell. You played a year of football, a couple of years on the track and field team. How was it that you got involved in coaching basketball after that background as a student athlete in college? Well, I've always been uh, sort of a jack of all trades uh, as an athlete and uh, really a sports lover of all types of sports. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, you know, baseball, football, basketball, track and field. But, uh, you know, basketball was always my favorite sport. And I just think uh, the sport itself involves uh, so much of everything for an athlete, you know, every sport, of course, you know, you have to be smart. You know, that's part of our motto as a team is smart, but you play offense, you play defense. It's a real test of athleticism and it's a very intimate teamwork, uh, in terms of a culture. I mean, it's, you know, football, they've got a hundred guys, you know, basketball, you've got 11 to 14 people that are together with each other for, for three, four months. And so, uh, culture is a really vital and part of, of, of basketball being such an intimately small team over such a long period of time. So uh, it just it seems to me uh, as, a, as a student athlete and as a coach to be one of the maybe the most all-encompassing sport. Before returning to Bucknell, you spent 
14 years as the head coach at Susquehanna. What went into that decision for you? Was it a tough one to kind of go from a head coach to an assistant coach? Well, I mean, being so close, you know, I didn't even have to move. Uh, and when the, and I knew Coach Woodruff very well. We actually competed against each other as head coaches in the same league, my being at Susquehanna and he, he being at Scranton. And, uh, you know, he came up here and was putting together a staff and, uh, you know, was trying to get uh, that third assistant coach after hiring two people very quickly. And, uh, you know, I just sort of reached out and made a contact for with him uh, just sort of out of the wild blue yonder just to see what would happen. And uh, next thing you know, we got together informally once and then uh, I came up here formally for an interview with him. And, uh, you know, it just seemed to be a good fit. You know, my my having the experience at Bucknell, and I think I, I, think I can be a good assistant for him, you know, because of the experience I have as – uh, a Bucknell graduate, uh, having been here before, both as a student, a student athlete, and a coach, and having the knowledge uh, of coach, and it's been great. Uh, you know, I've learned a lot from from coach. Everybody has a, a different way of doing things, and, uh, and it's been terrific learning experience. So it was just a good fit all the way around, and so uh, I'm happy to be here. What's the biggest difference for you from you know 18 years ago being your Bucknell as an assistant to now? Uh, I know you talked about the facilities, but even just outside of that. Well, there's actually one more staff person now. Um, you know, there's a director of basketball operations. There's three assistant coaches. And at that time, there was no scholarships. So this is my first opportunity actually to coach. Actually, I did coach one one year as, as a Division two assistant men's coach at the University of Indianapolis. But it's my first opportunity as a Division one assistant coach where you have scholarships. So... Uh, one of the adjustments for me is recruiting is dramatically different, you know, and, and speaking with 2021, some of them are like 16 years old right now and don't even have their driver's license. So uh, it's a totally different animal. You know, our, our recruiting for the class of 2020 is done. And uh, so, so that's a, a great difference. And that's been a great learning experience. Uh, the amount of technology that's involved now is greatly different. Um, we have sophomore, uh, software applications for everything, from recruiting and compliance to uh, to the way we do scouting and uh, you know and game breakdowns and, and all of those things. So, technology plays a huge, huge part in, in basketball and at the Division One level, even more so than what you had at the Division Three level, because obviously budgets are a lot less. So. Um, so that's been that's been a change. So th- there's a number of adjustments. Obviously, you know, Coach Woodruff's playing style, which I'm all in on. Uh, the the amount of technology and then being in a scholarship program. That's just just some of the differences. And how has it been being around this specific group of student athletes this year? And and how much have you enjoyed working with them so far? Well, they've been great. You know, uh, there's the obvious difference in a Division One to a Division Three athlete. the difference that you see physically is just in size and athleticism skill wise I'm not so sure like I mean kids can shoot the ball at every level kids can dribble the ball at every level but the size and athleticism is different also I do sense a greater I mean the kids are on scholarship too but there's just a, a stronger commitment to competitiveness and winning on a daily basis uh, a little bit stronger than there is in Division Three, and that's no knock against Division Three. I mean, the basketball is good there; it's competitive, but these kids are super competitive, and so that's been really uh, a fun part for me. Like th- they don't really have off days in terms of 
their work ethic and getting after it. They really come every day to compete. And, you know, a lot of that is certainly in due uh, part to the culture that Coach Roussel created when he was here and, and Coach Federaca before that. So, you know, we benefit from that some, and certainly we want to keep that going. That was Bucknell assistant coach Jim Reed joining us on the program. We'll have more interviews with Bucknell student athletes and coaches every week uh, on this podcast. But as we look to try and wrap things up here today, we'll do so by taking a look around some of the Patriot League results and some of the eye openers uh, from week one of basketball and previewing uh, what is to come this week across Bucknell women's basketball and Patriot League women's basketball. Uh, there were a couple of eye-opening results here uh, in week number one. I think the biggest one, though, included uh, Loyola, Maryland, playing the defending national champions in Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, able to uh, run away to an 84-60 to victory there. However, that was on Friday night. On Saturday, there were a couple of really, really uh, positive results uh, for Patriot League women's basketball that when we think back to the first episode, we were talking with Jackie Eddy from the Patriot League about how exciting and how close and how competitive and how talented Patriot League women's basketball is going to be this year. I think these next two results really speak to that. Holy Cross, picked to finish second in the preseason poll, took Illinois, the Fighting Illini, into overtime on Saturday before falling 78-75. to Lauren Manis, the preseason player of the year in the Patriot League, had 21 points and 21 rebounds for the Crusaders in the effort. Um, but Holy Cross came up just short. And then how about Navy? 65-52 winner on the road at Clemson down in South Carolina, taking down a Power 5 opponent, a big win for the mids, and uh, really just a, a great effort and for a team that I know Clemson is not expected to be among the top in the ACC, but still a 13-point win on the road at a Power 5 school is a 13-point win on the road at a Power 5 school, and there's no real kind of way to slice and dice that. Some of the intriguing matchups from across the Patriot League in non-conference action here this week include Navy uh, taking on another Power 5 opponent on the road. They're in Chapel Hill, North Carolina tonight, if you're listening to this podcast on time. That's Veterans Day, November 11th uh, at the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, Some other interesting matchups, just generally. Uh, Holy Cross is going to be hosting Boston College. Uh, Villanova is going to be at American on Thursday. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, some of the the big ones to really uh, keep an eye on uh, throughout the week. I I guess Lehigh at home hosting George Washington, another... uh, that's worth monitoring for sure to see. Uh, Bucknell also, of course, with an intriguing schedule this week. On Wednesday at 4 o'clock as part of a doubleheader at Soika Pavilion, the Bison are going to host the St. Bonaventure Bonnies. The men are going to be hosting Hofstra at 7 o'clock after that. But it's a 4 o'clock tip for the women against St. Bonaventure, a team out of the A-10 that has fallen on hard times over the last couple of years. I mean, they're not that far removed from a 20-win season and a WNIT berth and NCAA tournament berths uh, in the not-so-distant path. I want to say they made the second round in 2016, uh, but since then it's been uh, been some hard times for the Bonnies as they're looking to try and turn things around this year and kind of get the program back on track. They come into Lewisburg at 4 o'clock as Bucknell 
hosts them in game number three of the season. Last year, Bucknell matched up against St. Bonaventure, won 77-46 up in Olean, New York. And so uh, the Bison are going to look to make it two in a row against the Bonnies on Wednesday. And then on Saturday, Bucknell is on the road taking on Quinnipiac in what should be uh, an interesting matchup because Quinnipiac is a team very similar to Bucknell out of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. They were the dominant team in the MAC over the last couple of years. They won their conference championship last year, but they graduated a big part of the core of that Bobcats team and of that great run from last year to this year. They are projected to finish second in the MAC preseason poll behind Marist, uh, another team out of the MAC that has been dominant in recent years. Really, it's been. Quinnipiac and Marist for the last dozen years, uh, one of the two of them winning the conference championship. But Quinnipiac suffering big losses from graduation and then still expected to be competitive, though. So uh, I think that they're kind of in that same boat as Bucknell coming into this season. So it should make for a very intriguing matchup at 2 p.m. up in Hamden, Connecticut. You can catch the broadcast for both of those games on the Bucknell-Learfield IMG College Sports Network uh, the TuneIn Radio app, WVBU, over the air in Lewisburg, 90.5 WVIA, and on WVBU streaming at uh, WVBU.com. Also, Wednesday's game, simulcast on the Patriot League network, PatriotLeague.tv. Also, you can go to BucknellBison.com and uh, get all the links to click on in case you don't want to have to uh, figure it all out. It's, it's very easy. You just go to the schedule page and then click Watch Live or Listen Live, and you'll be taken off uh, to those broadcasts. It should be a good week for the Bison as it's a couple of intriguing matchups and challenging ones as well that are going to continue to tell us just where this team is in the early portions of the season. Really what I've come away with the most impressed through two games has been the way that Bucknell has played team defense this year. It has been a joy to watch. They've been able to convert that into enough offense to go one and one, but really it's that defense that is going to be the hallmark of this team this year. You could just tell the teams are going to come into Soika Pavilion and really struggle uh, to put up points if they can keep up the defensive intensity that we saw on Saturday against Monmouth. And so we're all out of time here on episode number two of Bowling with the Bison. Thanks so much for stopping by and joining us again. Uh, if you like this podcast, leave us a rating, a review. Uh, doesn't really matter what you say, just give it five stars. And uh, share it out with uh, family, friends, anyone you think might be interested in the podcast. Appreciate that uh, more than you can know. We'll talk to you next week, Monday afternoon, episode number three. We'll do the same thing all over again. Recap last week, look ahead to the week ahead, and have a chat uh, with a special guest who is to be determined at this point. Anyway, i got to run, guys. My name is Joe Vasile. Thanks for joining us on Ball with the Bison.